minimalists. <laughs> We're live, Ryan Nicodemus. Dude, you're live. We're both live. We're here with Podcast Sean. That's right. And we're here to answer... All of your questions. All of your, well, some of your questions. <laughs> All of your questions that are on this piece of paper. Welcome to our Patreon supporters. We, um, well, you all submitted questions and we are going to answer some of them. You upvoted a few of them. And so we'll get to as many as we have, as we can here in our allotted amount of time. So let's go ahead and dive in. This is Ask the Minimalists Anything. Let's Eric, do it. Eric says... If the earth was about to explode, man, this started off really <laughs> Isn't it already about to explode? And we were all escaping to start over on Mars. <laughs> okay. Where is this going? All right. What coffee brand would you take with you? <laughs> Eric, what a great question. First off, Eric, thank you very much for your uh, support. Your that patronage. Is, your patronage and your patronizing question. We really appreciate it. No, I know you're not being patronizing, man. Bandit Coffee Co. That's our coffee shop, so we're a bit biased. But uh, if you're interested, it's banditcoffee.co, and you can order your own coffee. I think we're just uh, launching that this month. So We are. Yeah. Actually, we'll oh, make that a Patreon exclusive. Bad. We're not announcing that anywhere else yet. So uh, banditcoffee.co. Now, if, Ryan, if we, if we couldn't take our own coffee... What what stands out to you? Oh, man. Well, first off, let me just go back on Bandit Coffee. Mm -hmm. Because all the other coffees that I would take with me, they are... Like, Bandit Coffee is totally comparable to all of those. Yeah. Like, you know, Josh says that we have a, a biased opinion about Bandit Coffee, but, dude, they are killing it. Like, I was drink I had some... Uh, I had a Burundi uh, uh, blue bottle, mm -hmm. which that's that's what I take with me to Mars. It's a great coffee. Yeah. Um. There's also a Columbia, like a, a couple Columbias uh, from Verve. I'm shaking that. Oh my bad. There are a couple uh, Columbias that Verve, V E R V E, uh, that Verve Coffee has. But what I love about Bandit Coffee, dude, is like the Columbia is good, the Ethiopian's good. Everything I've had has been good. Where at other coffee shops, it, it's all good. Don't get me wrong. Verve is a great coffee shop. Not saying anything bad about them, but there are certain varieties that I prefer at Verve. There are certain varieties I prefer at Blue Bottle, Dogwood, so forth and so on. Where at Bandit, it is. I feel like it's pretty consistent, man, across the board. Personally, I agree. Julie says hi, Josh and Ryan. First of all, thank you guys. Blah, 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 blah. I can honestly say, uh, yep, okay, thank you very much for your compliment. Um, <laughs> You're awesome, Julie. My question to you both is, after the decluttering and only living with the things that I value or find useful, what comes next? I don't know where to start in my minimal minimalist journey after dealing with the physical stuff. Thanks in advance. Uh, I can tell you this. The the stuff is the initial bite at the apple. That's the thing that changed everything for me. It's the thing that got the I got the excess stuff out of the way so I could start to focus on what was truly important to me. And really, Ryan and I wrote about this in our first book. It's a book called Minimalism, Live a Meaningful Life. So my guess is you probably haven't read that book. You can get it really inexpensively. I think the ebook is just a few bucks over there at Amazon or wherever you get ebooks. And uh, we identify the five values that we filled our life with. Health, relationships, creativity, or passion, whatever you want to call it, and then growth and contribution. Now, that looks different for each person, but that's the, the short answer. What do you fill your life with when you get rid of the excess? You find what your values are so you can spend your time on those. I'll tell you, what I love filling my time with as much as possible is contribution. I mean, Josh and I, we do that with the minimalists. Uh, we do that with you know helping build uh, orphanages. Uh, we do that by helping build schools, uh, clean water wells, so forth and so on. I mean, as much 
as Josh and I can give. I mean, that's that's what we're able to do now. We have we have allowed room in our lives to you know be fortunate enough to be able to give back to our community, to give back to other communities. I mean, right now Josh and I are talking about uh, helping out a food co-op in Dayton, Ohio. It is the number. Two? Number two. It's the second most hungry city in the country. So we're from Dayton, Ohio. And uh, uh, basically, uh, there was a survey done in 2016, so just about a year or so ago, um, and sh- showed that of uh, cities with families, the second most hungry city, meaning access to food, healthy food. Yeah, so they got they got 7-Elevens, they got Speedways. Yeah. What else do they got? Basically, yeah, you're Circle right. Circle K's. Convenience that's, that's stores, another. gas stations. Yeah. And, and they don't have access or education to uh, to good food, and so we want to change that a bit. Uh, and and one of the ways you can do that is by educating people and providing the food. So it's one of the largest food deserts in the country, and we have an opportunity to contribute a little bit. Yeah. So so Julie, uh, the 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 way that I got to that, the way that Josh got to that, is it was getting rid of uh, the stuff. It it was it was quieting our lives. It was it was making our lives more simple, so we could figure out what it is that we actually wanted to focus our time on. So you don't have to jump up and start, you know, working at a food co-op right now. But what I would encourage you to do, Julie, is write down what is it that really makes you tick? Is it health? Is it relationships? Is it cultivating a passion, working on that passion project that you've been putting off for the last year or two years? What is it that really, really makes you tick? It might not align with exactly what uh, what makes Josh and I tick. Those five things that Josh and I wrote about in, in minimalism, live a meaningful life, that uh, may not be your five pillars that you base your life off of, but you do have to figure out what those pillars are. And Josh and I, we did a great uh, episode on values and beliefs, it, uh, podcast episode. It was podcast number 69. Podcast number 69. Thank you, human robot. <laughs> Mr. Pants says. <laughs> First off, I love your name, Mr. Pants. Whatever happened to, if you can't attend the live stream, don't worry. The video will be available after the event. I haven't seen the videos posted for these in months. Well, you were incorrect, Mr. Pants. And uh, <laughs> you just go back to all the posts on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash the minimalist. As long as you're logged into Patreon, you can go back and see all those. Plus, Sean, podcast Sean, who's hiding in the shadows over here, he has been putting out uh, the audio for those episodes as well. So hopefully you're getting the, the audio episodes that are, um, well, they're, they're coming out. Say, in, in, I'm sorry, does he say video on here? Yeah. The video. So we don't we don't tape we don't do video at our live events. No, no, no the, these events. Right oh, here. oh, gotcha. What we're what we're doing right now, the live ah, streams. Yes. So these we do have videos, and we have audio from the from the live events. Absolutely, those are available to you, Mr. Pants. All right, Mr. Pants. All right. Wh- Swoop says hi there. I'm from Paris, France. Here, I have a well-paying job, and I'm quite good at it. But I'm kind of tired of the industry I'm working in. It's a big web company. And I'm tired of dealing with the same problems every time. I want to shift completely. But the thing is, I don't have a clue about what kind of job would be good for me. Any advice to help me fi- find and define what to do next? Thanks and keep up the good work. Uh, uh, okay, so first off, uh, it sounds to me like you, you have a, a good problem here, but you're searching for better problems. And, and that is a key indicator for me that you're living a more deliberate life is you know you're not ever going to get rid of all of your problems. So the key then is how do I improve my problems? How do I have better problems going forward? Now, a couple questions there. How do I find the work that I want to do? First off, you mentioned the job. I probably wouldn't look for a job. I'd ask myself, what is my mission? Or maybe what am I curious about? Sean, you're going to have to stop shaking the table, my friend. Um, uh, and it's <laughs> right. I was doing it too, Sean. 
and uh, apparently this tripod is not working so well for for shaking. Um, but uh, once you've once you figured out what you're curious about or what is the creativity uh, that you want to embark on, I, I found for me a question I want to ask myself. I've been asking more recently, is like if you if there was something that you if you were told hey, you can't do X for a year, what what would drive you crazy? And for me, that's writing. Like if you said, if you came to me and said, you know what, for 2019, you're not allowed to write a single word. That would drive me insane. And that's one way that you can identify what you're curious about. So what are you curious about? And then pursue that until you cultivate it into a creation or creativity. And then ultimately, maybe you cultivate it into a passion. And here's the other, the other thing too is, you know, right now, what was her name? Swoop? His name is Swoop. 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 If I was to wave a magic wand, and you had your dream job right now. You had this job that you really thought you wanted. Let's say it was being a lawyer. I know that's not it. No one wants to be a lawyer. I'm just saying that. Boom, you're a lawyer. Uh, how, however many years you've been at this place, let's say you've been there for 10 years, you're probably going to have this same question in the next 10 years. Here's why. It's because we we love challenges as human beings. We we, we love challenges. We hate when we, we, we feel like we're not being challenged. So mm. you have been in this role for many, many years, it sounds like, and you have mastered what you're doing. And now your body and now your brain it wants another challenge. Mm. So you can, you can challenge yourself. You don't have to leave your job in order to challenge yourself. So I, I would say start there. Like instead of saying, oh man, I just want to like, I want to jump ship here and jump onto another ship. Don't try and figure out what that other ship is. That, that to me, for me, that would be putting way too much pressure on myself. If right now... I started putting pressure on myself and I said, you know what? I don't want to do this, the, the minimalists.com anymore. I got to figure out something else to do. Like just, just hypothetically saying that gives me stress because there isn't anything that I could just jump ship on and still uh, live the same life that I live. It's probably the same case with you. Maybe there is a dream job out there that you can automatically switch to, but that's, that's not a reasonable expectation, I don't think. So figure out what it is that you can challenge yourself with today. Maybe it's, you know, going back to those five pillars, maybe it is contributing more. Maybe it is spending more time with friends and family. Maybe it is working on, you know, a passion project, but you can do those things without jumping ship. So yes, I agree, you do need a new challenge, but maybe you don't need a new job. I don't know. Taru asks, I find myself entrenched in politics, even though I hate politics. <laughs> I'm always checking my phone for the latest news, knowing it will almost never be good. It does not add value to my life, and it never has. But I fear that if I become numb to the world, bad things will happen. How can I find peace in my life without being constantly pulled down to the depths of hell by the scumbags in government? Dude, I am right there with yeah. them. Well, a couple options that, that, I, that have helped me out, and I don't know whether or not they'll help you, I remove all the news from my phone. So I don't have a news app on my phone. I don't have any social media apps on my phone. And so it's no longer that pacifier for me. So that, that's the first thing to think about. But then the line here that really stood out to me, Ryan, is it does not add value to my life and it never has, but I fear that I will become numb to the world. That if I become numb to the world, bad things will happen. Guess what? Bad things will happen. No matter what. Absolutely. It doesn't matter how many news apps you look at or how many news apps you don't look at. Shit's still going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you want to stay informed, that's great. But what do you want to be informed about? Mm. Because most breaking news is just there to aggregate your eyeballs onto advertisements, right? Most breaking news is already broken. Mm -hmm. and, and so the thing is, the, 
these things that pretend to be emergencies, they're not actual emergencies. We didn't have breaking news 100 years ago, and bad things still happen. It's just you weren't inundated with the, the negativity and the bad messages. So the question I always ask myself, three words, is it useful? And if it's useful to engage with something, to read something, then I will, to inform myself. But I have to be honest with myself and realize that most of the time I'm just pacifying myself, and it's not useful at all. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, is all the crazy political stuff that's going on, like, I I am right there with you. Like, it's hard for me not to get caught up into it either. In fact, uh, right after the election, I would say for months, two, three, four, five, I don't know how many months, I was in the same exact situation, constantly checking news apps, constantly following up on the latest scandal, the latest, you know, breaking news, the latest leak in the White House, whatever it may be. And And what I eventually realized was that none of it was important. Not once did I go to a news site, not once. In fact, in my life, have I ever been to a news site and thought, thank goodness I read that piece of news. Any major catastrophes that happen, so let's say something crazy happens in the White House, like, uh, I don't know, just insert crazy thing that happens there. You're going to hear about it. You don't have to go to the news to hear about it. You will have a friend tell you about it. You'll you'll find it out on Twitter. Um, There are other ways to get those really, really... Uh, big news announcements um, because the news outlets not really the place to go for those big news announcements because every time I go to a news outlet everything is big news and I don't know what to uh, what to look at as big news anymore but you know even like the Hawaii thing so uh, Hawaii being you know decimated with uh, lava bombs and really and earthquakes yeah and stuff like that it's like I didn't have to go to the news to find that like I totally saw stuff on that on Twitter if you haven't seen it yet then I'm shocked that you haven't seen it yet. I just found out about something, see? Right, exactly. But you know what? Josh, has your life been has is your would your life have been any better if I would have given you that information a week ago? No, it'd be worse because I, I'd be worried about it and, and unnecessarily worried about it. So maybe here's a good thing. So I do read I read some magazines occasionally, news magazines, The New Yorker and, and another magazine like The National Review, for example, try to get two sides of, of a political spectrum. So if you want to stay informed, you can still do that. You can get a magazine that comes out once every other week or once a month even. Because if it's a truly important story, then it doesn't need to be an emergency, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the emergency story because most emergencies aren't. There's also a news app I just downloaded. I do have one news app on my phone. It's called uh, The Good News. And it is, it's a bit Christian-y. So if that's not your thing, then don't download it. I mean, I'm not like a diehard Christian, but it, it doesn't bother me. Um, but there's always good news on there. And it, there's always uh, you know a touching story about you know, a, a, a kindergarten class getting together to feed the homeless or, you know, uh, the way I found out about the, the Hawaiian thing, it was, it was actually a story on there about dogs being rescued from abandoned homes um, if, during this tragedy that's happening in Hawaii. So my point is, is that I have this news app that when I go to it, it is nothing but good news stories. I don't think there are any other apps out there like that. But that's something, I mean, if you really got to scratch that itch, um, the Good News app is a really, I don't know, for me, it's something that I can look at and, and uh, it won't ruin my day. <laughs> Jenny from Australia says, hi, Josh and Ryan. I've been patiently awaiting. I've been patiently waiting for the podcast recorded in Melbourne on the 20th of March, 2018 to come online. Have I missed it? No, you haven't, because uh, all of our live events were slowly dripping the, those events out. It takes a while to edit those, and uh, Podcast Sean is working on editing our, our main podcast. But 
Uh, all the live events are exclusively available on the Minimalists' private podcast, so you're going to have access to that. I think the Melbourne one, uh, one of the, the two Melbourne ones, is going to come out uh, later is it this weekend it may, or next weekend, within the next couple weeks. So uh, we've been putting out a bunch of stuff on Saturdays on the Minimalist private podcast. Hopefully you're subscribed to that. Uh, via the Patreon feed. All you need is the RSS feed. You put it right there in your podcast app and you are good to go. Kira says, how do you keep health issues from becoming all-consuming? Said another way, how do you keep morale high when dealing with health health issues? So we've both had some health issues, Ryan. Yeah. I I think you kind of go through the different stages of grief, right? When when you're going (laughs) through it. Yeah. When you first found out about the diabetes thing. Yeah, no, I I was definitely mad. You know what? I feel like my health issues are so uh, small compared Mm -hmm. to like what you have had to go through. Because for me, it was like I could still function. It was, I guess I'm just like really fortunate with health, man. Because even though, yeah, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes or like, you know, right right on that edge of having type 2 diabetes, cutting out all the sugar. Uh, cutting out, you know, 90% of, of the alcohol I was drinking, which I wasn't drinking that much anyway. Uh, but, but cutting that, those things out totally, I don't know, made me see how many I was covering up, how many, uh, I was covering up a lot of symptoms essentially. And it was the symptoms that I was experiencing without those pacifiers, without sugar and bread and alcohol, any, all those fast burning carbs. It was, it was being very hangry, being irritated all the time, not feeling energetic, not feeling like uh, I was 100% myself. And I really had to modify my diet in a way uh, to where I, I wouldn't have those symptoms. And, and now I, I feel very, very good. But again, dude, like this seems like such a, a lame problem compared to what you've had to go through, dude. I feel like you've had, you actually have had to keep your morale up. And I don't even know how you do it, dude. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's, it's a spiral, right? And I, so I, I do things that keep me out of that spiral. And mainly, like if you feel like you're 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 falling down a hill, the first thing to do is stop falling, right? And so stop doing the things that are making your health worse, and then you can start doing the things that help. There's something going on in the hallway. There's a surprise party, I think. <laughs> um, to 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 stop. Stop doing the things that are that have gotten in the way of of a healthful life. So so. Stop eating the junk, you know. Stop eating the things that are junk to you, right? And all of our bodies are a little bit different. Getting and then moving in the right direction, consulting experts, professionals that are going to provide you with the appropriate guidance and and testing, and and uh, the the information that you need to keep going. Now I say information because there isn't going to be a little pill that you swallow all of a sudden it's going to be fixed. I've gone through three years of significant health changes, and it's been a um, man, it's been it's been quite the challenge, but I'm a better person because of it. And that almost sounds like a trait thing to say until I look back at the last three years and realize that I've had to put in a lot of work. 45 minutes every day of physical therapy. Sometimes, I mean, back when it was at, at my worst, I was doing over two to three hours a day mm. of, of physical therapy and, and uh, completely revamping my diet, which was already a really healthy diet, by the way. But I just had to change it to to accommodate what my body needed. But then also I had to do some things like long fasts and detox and things that aided my recovery. So what is going to aid your recovery and avoid getting in that tailspin? The other thing that I'll do is is move. 
Motion creates emotion, right? So if we're not moving, it's hard for us to feel good about ourselves. So I know any time that I'm, I'm starting to feel stressed out, a little bit anxious, it's great if I can just go spend 15 minutes out of just a fast walk. I'm not running or, or, or you know, doing anything too crazy. But if I can change my state that way, I'm going to have a better day. And you know, it's the old. It's the old twelve-step program adage: one, one day at a time, right? Yeah. But but the truth is, like, it's one second at a time. Sometimes, how do I get through this next second, this next minute, this next hour, and uh, come out the other side a better person from it? Dude, it's now. I, I, now I can kind of see the recipe of what you used. It was it was a uh, good diet. Yeah. It was exercise. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because just those two things alone, um, well, especially for someone who's sick, like it, it'd be easy for me to just throw my hands in the air. If I was, you know, had some really crazy sickness going on, I might just throw my hands in the air and be like, you know what? I'm already sick. I'm going to eat every unhealthy thing that I can. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about exercising. Yeah. And continue the spiral. Yeah. Just continue in the spiral. All the way so, down. so the one thing that I think you did too, and maybe you didn't mention it here, but surround yourself with supportive people. Like yeah. find people who are going to support you with your sickness. They're going to help you, uh, whether it's, you know, making a meal if you can't cook or if it's bringing you to a doctor's appointment or maybe it's just like showing up and, and talking to you for a couple hours and, and keeping you company, whatever it is, whatever whatever uh, someone can do to support you, find people like that you can bring into your life because, man, I know um, I know it's definitely helped you, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, between you and Bex and everyone just being understanding in my life too. I, but also they realize that I'm making progress and they see and that's people are willing to support you when they when they realize you're willing to support yourself you're not just leaning on them because you have to uh, or because you want to you, you sometimes lean on them because you have to and, and but uh, the majority of the work has to be done by you but you have to do the work uh, you have to make the changes and I'm not a hundred percent there but my life has changed radically over the last three years over these just little subtle incremental changes and in fact uh, Next month, uh, one of my doctors is going to come onto the podcast and and just talk about some of the health improvements I've made. So we're going to do a a health problems podcast episode, and hopefully, I think I think you'll you'll find some value in that. Finally, Julia asks, "How do you work through the fear of change?" I work in a job that stresses me out. Mm. I'd like to change it, and I can afford not working for some time. I am scared to take the leap, though. I know everything about my job, my team. I'm a software developer that leads teams on projects. I like, I like that part of my job, but I hate the politics and the attitude of management. And I'm afraid to leave the structure and processes I built. They feel like a solid part of me. I'm afraid when I leave, there will not be much left defining me as a person. Mm. It's, uh, this is a type of sort of empty nest syndrome here, right? Except um, you've... you've the, the the problem that you've created, the prison that you've created, is, is you've, you've built the prison walls yourself. And I know because I did the same thing. I uh, had an impressive answer to that question, what do you do? And whenever someone asked me what do you do, I would talk about my corporate job. And I, I could talk about it with fervor even though I wasn't necessarily passionate about it. And I certainly was no longer curious about that. And so, yeah, I like the people I worked with. I liked some of the things, some of the skills I had developed. But here's the good news. I was able to take the skills I developed. I was able to take my natural talents. And then I was able to combine them with other skills I was developing through the curiosities and the passions I I was developing. 
I could transfer those skills elsewhere and leave behind the other stuff. You're in a great position right now because you have the opportunity to leave. You said, you know, you have the, the finances to do so. And that's a huge hurdle for most people, but it's usually not the real hurdle as you're proving here, right? People use the, the financial excuse as an excuse, but really the other excuse is, and you're being honest about this, my identity is wrapped up in this. So how can I change my identity? Well, for me, it was starting to talk about what I was passionate about, what I was curious about, what I was interested in with other people instead of telling them what my job title was. Yeah, this is, uh, man, you, <laughs> she said she hates her job and she feels like there's not going to be much of a person left if she stays there too long is what, is what I'm getting from this question. And Julia, like that to me is a clear sign you got to get the hell out of there. So uh, it's okay to run, Right. But you got to know what you're running towards. Yeah. You can't just quit your job and start a blog. That's the worst advice ever. Josh and I didn't just quit our job and start a blog. It was, uh, it was years uh, of, it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, of writing and, and experimenting and having conversations and putting a lot of work into something that we were passionate about before we were like, oh, like maybe we actually can make something of this. And, and that is, uh, Again, that's that's what we ran towards uh, when we when we left our job. So find something to run to before you run away. But I don't know, man. I mean, is there a salvaging her role here at all? No, no, no. You, you, you. I mean, you're salvaging your skills, but where you're at is no longer the right place for you. It's time to graduate. Although, here's here's what I'll say: you're quitting your job and starting a blog is generally bad advice if you depend on making an income from that. But mm-hmm. you don't need to make an income right now, so you could quit your job and start a blog, and you'd be fine. <laughs> um, but and I don't mean that literally, like no. start a blog. But but what is your curiosity? Maybe it's starting a podcast. What do you want to learn about? Starting a podcast could be a great way for you to learn about that. Thing. Say you want to learn mm. about textiles. Well, then why not start a podcast where you go out and interview different people in the textile industry? You do a six-episode six series, and you're going to learn so much. And by the way, you're going to get a lot more information from people because people love being interviewed. They love, they, they love being paid attention to, and you're paying attention to them, but you're also documenting it. And, and people... Uh, will be willing to give you answers they may not otherwise do. And you could do that with a blog. You could do that with a podcast. You could do that with a YouTube video series. It's really up to you. But the thing you want to, the thing you want to learn, why not document the process of that? And that allows you to create in the meantime and and, and embrace the your your creative side, which sounds like you don't get right now in in your current role. Yeah, I I want to give you two pieces of advice that I, I give uh, my mentoring students. Uh, the first piece is when you're looking for a new job. You have to get clear on what you want out of that new job. So very similar to how Josh and I talk about values and beliefs, you have to talk about uh, what your job looks like and get clear on the the pillars that, and those will align very much with your values and beliefs. Um, right now, it sounds like your job does not align that much with your values and beliefs. So if you are going to search for a new job, make sure that you have that in mind because you don't want to get your, you don't want to jump out of the fryer into the frying pan, right? Like that is, I've done that before. I did that for years at the old company we worked at. I kept getting promoted. And every time I got promoted, it was because I was running from another job, not really clear on what I was running towards. And uh, it, it, was a, it was a spiral of its own. So don't get caught in that. Um, the other thing too is if you don't know what exactly what company you want to work for or uh, if it's a new field you want to go into, start reaching out to people with different companies. Start reaching out to people who are in different fields and just ask them to, to take, uh, if you could take them to lunch or take them for a cup of coffee 
and talk to them about their work environment. Talk about the responsibilities. Uh, really dig deep on how different work environments are. That will help uh, guide you a little bit better too uh, when you're searching for a new job. But I totally agree with Josh. If you got money to live off of, you could totally quit right now and you could take uh, whatever that sabbatical is. And as long as you leave your company on good terms, um, you are going to be completely hireable at another company. I promise you that. Julia, pursue your curiosity. Figure out what that is. And the good news is it will change over time. That's all we got for the right now. I want to be respectful of your time and we're, we're almost out of it. But, uh, Thank you for being a Patreon supporter. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much. We're in our new studio space, as you can see from the sound panels behind us. We're going to do a video tour of this space real soon just for our Patreon supporters. And so stay tuned for that. We'll see you next time, y'all. See you next time. The Minimalists. <laughs>